Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Oh, welcome to One Shots, a Dumb Dumbs and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ One Shot. 
and I'm here to welcome you to Echoes of Chaos, a one-shot TTRPG created by our very own GM, Tom McGee. This playtest arc features the game's creator, Tom, as GM, along with players Ryan LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, and Laura Elizabeth, and special guest Kat Letwin. What happens when the dum-dums loot the past and risk destroying the future? Nobody knows, because it's one-shots! <laughs> Echoes of Chaos Edition. Welcome, everybody, to Echoes of Chaos. Uh, this is the first recorded playtest of, of the game, uh, so forgive me in advance uh, for broken rules or confusing gaps. Uh, those are all on me, uh, and I've got uh, very brave and lovely uh, playtesters uh, with me here today. So um, basically, uh, Echoes of Chaos is uh, a game inspired by Ray Bradbury's The Sound of Thunder, uh, which is a great sci-fi story that you may know best as the Simpsons episode where Homer has a time toaster. Um, but it's all about uh, people going back in time to try and do something that they think would be super, super cool and then accidentally ruining the future. So think of it a little bit like a Black Mirror episode or a Twilight Zone episode where in theory, if by the end of it, we're all really happy with what happened, probably didn't go the way it should have. If we get to the end, we're like, oh, okay, that's what we're going for. So <laughs> uh, it's a game based on failure. Uh, so don't be afraid to fail. Um, the important thing is that we tell a good story and have fun. So that's uh, that's what we'll be doing. Um, so uh, the way uh, this session is going to work, um, I've gone ahead and made some decisions for kind of objectives and that sort of thing, uh, just to help um, speed things along, but also to help with planning. Uh, because on my side, if I'm just like, go anywhere in time, and you're like, okay, I want to go to like Poland in 1812, because there's something cool I want to do there. I'm like, I, I hope it looks like ancient Rome because that's what I can give you today. <laughs> um, so that's something uh, we're still working on. But um, before we get to all that, uh, I just want to run quickly through the rules so we have a basic understanding of, of how the game plays um, and then also what uh, the future looks like. And the reason we need to establish what the future looks like before we start playing is everything you're going to do is going to affect this future. So if you don't know what that is, it's hard to make a character and then also hard to mourn the choices because if you don't know what you left, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know. Everyone could have been lizard people the whole time. What do I know? Um, so the way the game works is it's rooted in Trophy, which is a wonderful narrative forward system um, that you may have heard of on our network uh, with um, Pick Me, our sort of holiday show, um, and uh, we also just ran a trophy one shot at one point. Um, but essentially, uh, the game is all about um, making risk rolls. So anytime, uh, not to be confused with risk rolls, which are an entirely different beast, um, every time uh, your character attempts something um, that's over and above just kind of what they could normally do, uh, we're going to roll some dice. Now, if there's absolutely no risk to this in terms of like mortal danger or danger to our minds or danger to time, we still might roll, but we won't be adding a risk dice. Because, for instance, if you're trying to get into an arena that you shouldn't be able to get into, and there's two guards guarding the door, and you really want to go watch some baseball, but you're really not supposed to be there. Um, if you go out to the guards and say, hey, please let me in, I'm with the press, and they say no, nothing bad happens to you, you just don't get in the door. So there's no risk involved. If, however, it's like, I'm going to try and rush past them, then there is risk because they could try and stop you physically. Um, I'll be uh, telling you basically how to build these dice pools, so don't worry. And the, part of the goal of the game is that when we do pick up the dice, it's always in a fun, dramatic moment. So you'll find that you're not rolling dice a lot, but when you do, um, it's a fun, important moment. Now, the way the dice work is there are two different types of uh, six-sided dice in this game. There are light dice and dark dice. Dark dice representing threat um, to you, uh, again, to your mind, to your body, to time itself. Um, and light dice representing skills you have or uh, devil's bargains uh, you've accepted. Uh, my dog is going to grumble in the background. Don't mind her. Um, so when you go to roll, um, 
we're going with the highest dice of all. You don't have to add any numbers or anything else. It's just which die came up highest. Um, and on a one to three, uh, you failed and things get worse. So I'll explain kind of how things have gone. But because it is a cooperative game, if you have a really cool idea for what could happen, like throw those out there too. Because again, this is uh, there is a, a game master in this, but it's meant to be a very conversational game. So always open to, to any cool ideas you might have. Um, if you get a four or five, you succeed, but there's a complication. So you get what you want, but maybe something went wrong along the way. Um, the example I usually use is if you're trying to hit someone with a sword, uh, you hit them with the sword, but the sword gets stuck. Um, if you roll a six, you succeed and you just get to explain how. So hooray, that's the absolute best one and you did it. Right, you twist the sword and then pull it out to make sure the wound doesn't close as easily. <laughs> exactly, that's what nice. sixes are all about. Um, the flip side of this is um, the dark die. Now, the dark die can also help you succeed. However, if it is your highest number or is equal to your highest number, uh, that means uh, that you've caused a disruption. Now, there are two, kind of, two kinds of things you can do at a time <laughs> in our game. <laughs> um, disruptions just represent um, the kind of minor effects that you traveling through time is having. Uh, if you bring back sci-fi equipment, just the presence of that sci-fi equipment is going to mess with time just a little bit. Um, so disruptions in and of themselves, not deadly, not disastrous, but as they build, things get progressively worse and can build to an echo of chaos. The name of the game. Um, mm -hmm. And an echo of chaos is something that will have drastic timeline stretching um, consequences. So what's interesting about this game is you don't have health. Um, you don't have kind of anything that's just kind of your own personal sake. You can still get injured and die, and that's just kind of at our discretion if, if you, you know, fail at a particularly important role, we can be like, I think your character's dead. And we can all be like, that sounds about right. Um, but more important for us and for our purposes is fucking with the timeline. That's really where the real joy of this game is. So essentially your disruption score represents how much you've fucked up the timeline so far. Um, when you hit five, you automatically create an echo of chaos. You've caused enough disruption in the space-time continuum that something big echoes out. Uh, also at the end of every um, section of the game, We'll total up the collective score from all of you um, and then see how many echoes kind of your collective little adventure had that will affect things moving forward. Um, you don't need to track any of that. Just be aware that it happens. Uh, however, at six disruption, you have officially become a liability to space and time. And the feared <laughs> chronocops will start hunting you through time in an attempt to stop you from doing any further damage. So at six, nice. things start getting spooky. Um, so when we, you pull the chrono trigger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because uh, otherwise they'll find you and they're angry. So they'll be very chrono cross with you. And um, there's the other shoe. Thank you. And then I assume like Celtic violins kick up everywhere and I have a delightful time. Um, I've started that game like six times and I'm like, I love it. And then like the, the disc stops working or I upgrade systems and I can't play it one day. One day. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, yeah, so at six, uh, the Chrono Cops start chasing you through space and time, and we'll deal with that if, if and when we get there. Um, uh, if and when. If, yeah. yeah. There, there, are, um, there are definitely things you can do to throw them off the track, but they're usually pretty... Well, fuck it, we'll just talk about it now. Um, so in order to get the, uh, the Chrono Cops off your uh, collective asses, uh, you basically have to create a time catastrophe. Um, so you can either just try and avoid them, which is totally an option, but if they're getting too close and uh, the heat is too hot... The only Time way to, to throw them off. Grandma. 
Yeah, or like shoot a pope. Just something so drastic that the timeline is altered in a way that's completely separate from your objectives, but means that the Chrono Cops will have to stick around and deal with that kind of like men yeah. in black style. Mm. Um, so it was kind of a double whammy because I think regular cops don't really care for that kind of stuff either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you jump through time, those regular cops are stuck in their stupid time, that's but the Chrono Cops will chase right. them. From what I've heard, God isn't really cool with you shooting a Pope. That's why you got to get a bulletproof Pope mobile. Um, I mean, it, people are not 100% on that. Like, some people say God would have a problem, and some people say it's cool. Some people say there is no God, but, like, a number of people would. Yeah, would like, try. are you Catholic or are you Presbyterian? Like, you know? Yeah. Well, the important <laughs> thing is that you're a chronocop and you're mad about space-time. Yeah. Um, so, um, if you if you manage to Then the chronocops a... become the popocops, and it gets really confused. And, but that becomes a time crisis. Oh, uh, um, yes. Yeah. yeah. You got to step on that little you step uh, on that bumper to, to, to duck down. Um, Boy. So, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll deal with that as it comes up. But again, you can all always just avoid them if, if you want to. Um, cool. They'll just be the, the spooky people like walking through the crowd menacingly towards you like it follows. Um, so, oh, no. Chrono cops are naked? Yes. All the time. Uh, it's the only way to travel through time. Terminator taught us this. Um, <laughs> so... Great. So that's all guns that. Guns out, guns out. Um, in terms of... Uh, so yes, ultimately, again, your actions will, will be causing these disruptions. Also, if you just declare you're doing something that would cause an echo, we'll just mark that down. And at the end of the game... Um, so, sorry, there's there's an extra layer to this that we only recently added that uh, I love from our previous playtest. Um, we're going to be traveling chronologically. So anything you change on each leg of your tour will affect the next leg of your tour. So your echoes can have effects there. Um, nice. And then there are a bunch that will just save kind of for the end to be like, okay, what what do you return to compared to what did you leave? Um, cool. Yeah. So that those are sort of the main mechanics. Um, and then we'll deal with um, what that means for your character sheets in a moment. Um, but first, let's talk about the future. Um, so to set a baseline for what we're going to change, it's always important for us to have a nice, clear understanding of uh, the world that we're currently living in. Um, so for our purposes today, um, we are living in a, sort of a Blade Runner, cyberpunk, um, sort of techno metropolis kind of situation. However, much like Blade Runner, there's a kind of a, uh, I think I called it like diesel tech vibe to everything. Everything's kind of dirty. There's a lot of steam. Um, oil everywhere. Uh, like the whole, almost like in like Fifth Element where like the smog has risen so much that the buildings have to get higher, like that kind of Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. Yes. Sick. Yes. Exactly that. So, um, yeah, great. The, the best comp for this is like it's Blade Runner meets Fifth Element. So not quite as um, fully technological perhaps as Blade Runner because I, I love that sort of like Fifth Element. We drag, I mean, honestly, Toronto does it all the time. It's like we built a condo on a condo. Um, but basically, the the upper classes live very well, um, if somewhat weird and technologically. The lower classes live terribly uh, in this world. It's, also, it's, it is like Toronto. Kind of like altered yeah. carbon kind of thing. Yeah, very much. Or Coruscant or like any vertical city. So there is tremendous wealth and, cool. and kind of like technological advancement. Um, or even Demolition Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It's, ah. Very, it was, it's so funny because I, I used this for the playtest last night as well, and Demolition Man was the first comp that came up. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, that's all fine. Um, we are uh, currently living um, under a global dictatorship. Um, there is uh, a. Uh, You're uh, talking of, in the future, right? Because it feels like it's sort of now. Look, I'm just telling you what I know, you know? I'm just playing, <laughs> playing what I know. 
Um, but uh, yes, um, the uh, uh, glorious leader Lansbury. Uh, he is a uh, a man who uh, who seized control of the world uh, through a military coup, uh, and everyone has kind of yielded to him. Now, here's the thing: he's actually doing a pretty good job. Um, as global dictators go, uh, because for the very first time, uh, there is a hint of um, environmental renewal. Uh, he has launched a massive global-wide initiative to try and green the spaces ever so slightly. Um, what that actually means is right now there are like a few plants here and there. Um, it At this point, it's too early to tell whether this initiative will actually uh, green anything or if it's like... I'm going to be shitting on Toronto a lot. Uh, where it's like when Toronto's like, we're going to sure. do something great for the environment. They're like, okay, we set up like a, a two foot by two foot green space and threw some seed pods in it. So that's that's the park. Uh, anyway, uh, new shoppers drug mart, anyone? Yeah. Have a Rexall. Um, so uh, minor uh, environmental renewal. Uh, also, uh, humanity is all abuzz uh, because the first colony ship has landed on Mars. Uh, the colony ship Perseverance, lols, uh, has made landfall and is the uh, the first attempt uh, for humanity to colonize beyond Earth, which will hopefully um, increase the quality of life on planet as um, they're just uh, the, the techno metropolis is spread across the globe and we're just out of space. Um, so we do what humans always do, which is just aggressively take something that isn't ours and start building there. So um, we're out of space, but we're not out of time. <laughs> It's just like a nothing but taglines. Like I kind of want subtitles just for your taglines. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yes, so humanity is excited. Also, we're living through, uh, as, as tends to happen under a dictatorship, uh, we're actually living through a, a bit of a, a golden age of uh, televised entertainment. Um, the, the people need to be placated. Um, so there's uh, pop culture is very, very popular in this world um, because it's it's a nice, easy way to not have to think about like, the smog cloud that is, you know, a meter beneath your feet and so on and so forth. Um, so that's the, the sort of world we're living in um, right now. Um, high technology, but somewhat kind of dirty, broken, not sleek technology. Um, some actual glimmers of hope. Um, there, there's a hopeful tone. Uh, however, it is a dictatorship and it is a global dictatorship. Um, and uh, uh, there's a huge sort of um, class gap. So with all that in mind, uh, let's talk about who you are. So the way character building in this works, uh, I've tried to streamline it down so that it's a nice quick process because the whole goal of this game is that you should be able to just pick it up and play it in a night. That would be my absolute dream with this is that you can just have like a full experience without the scheduling nightmares that often kill most RPG groups. Um, so uh, normally in, the, in this game, you pick motivations, which are kind of like your character classes. And these are, uh, there are four uh, currently in, in the, the game uh, that represent what your character is trying to do in time. The good news is all of your characters um, will know each other's motivations and have all agreed to help each other. You're basically like, we'll determine how you all met, but you've all decided we're going to go back in time together and do these things. Um, so unlike uh, sharing like a ride share with a bunch of strangers where you're like, oh, I guess we're making six stops at places I don't care about. Um, you've all committed to helping the other ones uh, do their cool thing um, and break the rules and possibly time. Um, so um, I've gone ahead and picked these, um, and you can uh, we'll, we'll determine who wants to take what. Um, but I'll be able to give you a little sort of thumbnail of both what your motivation is and where you'll be trying to accomplish that motivation. Oh, so cool. the four classes are the experiencer, who's someone who wants to do something, uh, the collector, who is someone who wants to obtain something, the revolutionary, who is someone who wants to change something, and the great one, who is someone who wants to become something. Um, so in our game today. Uh, the experiencer wants to fight a gladiator. 
Uh, they've always dreamed of uh, being in the Coliseum and uh, fighting a gladiator. Not necessarily winning, not necessarily doing a whole fight. It could be as simple as like a streaker in a football stadium, like just running in and punching a gladiator. But that's that's the dream. Just really want to do that. That would really make uh, make your life complete. Um, we have two, so that will obviously be ancient Rome. Uh, we have two um, who want uh, to go back to the French Revolution uh, for drastically different goals. Uh, the collector wants to steal Marie Antoinette's crown. Uh, it's famous by that point. Uh, the item will have value in the future. And it, during the revolution, uh, the day before her execution is a very handy time to get your hands on things before they get too guarded as the city is in chaos. Um, another one of you also wants to go to the French Revolution for a very different reason. Um, you feel like your 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 family has a story that's been passed down, that one of your ancestors was a noble person in Paris at the time of the revolution, and your family's lot in life has been shit since then, and everyone blames it on the fact that they got executed um, during the revolution. So your goal is to save your ancestor uh, so that your family's fortunes will turn around down the road. Whether or not that's true, we'll figure out. Um, but again, it's just that classic, like, I feel like every, every family has like a weird echoing story of like, oh, well, if only like, you know, your great, 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 great grand aunt hadn't like been a rum runner and got caught, we'd be rich. And you're like, I don't think that's true. Um, so those are the main mode. Oh, and, uh, sorry. And then the great one, um, uh, the great one, uh, is often a replace a ruler. In this case, I put a bit of a spin on it. Uh, the Great One's goal uh, is to become uh, part of the uh, ancient Egyptian pantheon and be worshipped as a god. Um, so they want their name to show up in, in the pantheon alongside, uh, you know, all the greats. Um, so their, their goal in ancient Egypt is to do something um, that will allow them to become uh, a part of the pantheon. And, and So Tom, for order of timeline, we're going essentially start in future, Egypt, Rome, French, French Revolution? Revolution, home. Yeah. Cool. cool. And in this case, in some cases, the Great One would stay in time. Like, if you want to be Pharaoh, you're not coming back, in which case we would move that one. But the game was honestly a lot more fun when all of your actions cascade forward. So it makes sense to go chronologically when you can, just so that what you do in Egypt affects what you do in Rome, which will affect what you do in France, which will affect going home. Uh, so in this case, um, the Great One doesn't intend to stay in Egypt. They just need to spend enough time there and do something uh, for the right people to convince them that they are a god and then just kind of let history run its own its own show from there. Um, cool. So those are the major motivations. Uh, any one of you can take whichever one you like. Um, I want to take the Great One. Okay. <laughs> great. I, I'll take the Experiencer. Yep. I, I, I'd like to steal the crown. Yep. That's the Collector. Yes. I'll do the revolution, I believe, is is me. Great. So, experiencer is Ryan. The collector is Laura. The revolutionary is Tyler. And the great one is Kat. Gretzky, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Gretzky, <laughs> Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. <laughs> um, okay, fantastic. Um, so the way character building in this game goes, once you have your motivation and know where you're going, um, you get to pick some things about your character. Now, these don't need to relate to either of those things. It's helpful to know them, but these should just be things that you think will make for an interesting character. Because again, oftentimes these skills won't necessarily even come into play. They just might give you some flavor as to who you are uh, and what you care about. So essentially, if you see on your character sheets and on the quick guide there, um, I have a list of uh, occupations and hobbies. Um, so these occupations and hobbies, again, are just meant as a guide. Um, they 
unlike um, say D and D, where your character class will very much determine who you are and what you do. In this case, these are just giving you a skill that you know you have and a way you might think about the world. Um, the way skills work in this game is when you go to make uh, a check, um, you will add extra dice for the skills and equipment you have that might increase your odds of being able to succeed in your task. For instance, um, if uh, my occupation is soldier, so I'm a modern future time soldier and I go back in time to a, you know, like a battlefield in ancient Greece, I might be able to use my understanding of tactics to survive on that battlefield. So that'll help me there. But if I'm trying to talk up Socrates, uh, the tactics thing probably won't help me, you know? Or maybe it will because you're talking tactics. I don't know. Socrates can talk about what he wants. He's a cool dude that way. So um, you've got uh, occupations and hobbies. They both serve the exact same purpose. Um, they're just a way to diversify your skills so you're not stuck as being one thing for the whole game. Good news is you will always have a dice to roll. So you're never going to be in a position where you, you don't have any ability to do the thing. These will just uh, increase your odds of, of doing it successfully. So take a second there and uh, pick your two. So one one occupation, one hobby. If you have your own you would like to make up, that's also totally fine. You just need to know what the skill is. Hmm. Tom, do you want us to tell you what we choose now or do you want us to go uh, and choose no, all these we'll described characters? Yeah, we're going to do a proper character introduction in a few moments. Um, cool. And the other thing is, like, I think for, for the purposes of the playtest, it would be helpful if we know what all of them are. But in just kind of as a general rule... Um, if your character wouldn't mention that they're secretly a karaoke hero, that's also fine. Like, I, I don't introduce myself to a lot of people being like, hi, I'm Tom. I'm a huge star. Well, I mean, I'm wearing a fucking Boba Fett sweater right now, so maybe I do. But um, I don't usually be like, hi, I'm Tom McGee. Like, yeah, I work as a story editor. Also, I love Star Wars. Let me tell you about my hobbies. Um, you have to wait two minutes until I make an obnoxious Star Wars reference. And then it's like, oh, that's the hobby. So... Um, again, these don't need to, like, your character doesn't need to be just this, uh, but also since it is a fast game, if you're just looking for a quick understanding of who your person is, occupation, hobby, cool, I've got a rough sense of the kind of person who would do this. Uh, so let me know when you're all ready to go on. I'm good. Good? Me too. Yeah, I think so. I think I know what I want. <clears throat> cool. Uh, pretty much. Okay, you can keep thinking about it for another couple seconds. I'll just start explaining the next piece. Yeah. Um, so the next thing are enhancements. Um, these are essentially like your spells. In Trophy, they're called rituals. Uh, and you can think of these as either cool equipment that you have or cybernetic augmentations that you have because the future. Um, now, these being uh, sort of specialty items, uh, they just fuck up the timeline by pure virtue of going back with them. Um, so each one you choose will add one point of disruption to your disruption tracker, just as a baseline. Um, it means that you are inherently more disruptive to time than someone who doesn't have one. Um, please don't let that stop you, though, because they're awesome. Uh, you can choose up to two. And the way these will work is each of these gives you, um, generally speaking, uh, another skill that's better usually than your kind of baseline skills. Um, so things like uh, a light refractor cloak that gives you visual stealth or like mag gloves that let you climb anything. Um, when you use these in a check, uh, you will add dark dice for these because these do cause a bigger risk uh, to space and time. So essentially bigger benefit, but also come with, with a degree of risk. That said, based on what your characters are trying to do, for instance, if you're going hunting, you might need to take a concealed weapon. Um, so think about uh, what you're attempting to accomplish or what you think your character's fears might be, for instance. Like if you're really worried about getting hurt in the past, you might take a trauma kit. Who knows? 
Um, but yeah, you can take up to two, um, and please mark a disruption on your sheet for the ones you take. Also, just for narrative's sake, um, consider what they are for your character. Um, is, is the lock pick like a cool, worrying multi-tool that you carry around, or do you have like an inspector gadget finger that you can screw off and then use as, as a lock pick? Um, either option is totally viable um, and will affect um, how easy or hard it is to conceal what you're carrying throughout space and time. Cool, I picked my enhancements. Okie dokie. Let's give everyone else mm -hmm. a moment here. Um, hmm. All right. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've got my enhancements. Okay. Uh, right. One. Okay, and then I'm just going to jump to the next one just because it's it's much easier. Um, the final uh, piece of the character selection uh, process is to pick a personal item. Uh, this is just something that you've smuggled along with you. Um, in Metal Gear terms, this is Solid Snake's pack of cigarettes that he smuggles in in his stomach because he just wants a smoke on Shadow Moses more than anything. Um, these are, generally speaking, less good than your enhancements, um, obviously, because they don't uh, carry a penalty. They might be extraordinarily specific, and honestly, they may never come up. Um, but they're, again, a, a way to potentially add further dice uh, to you, uh, to what you've got. So um, you you're forced to take a time, tra uh, time travel tours communicator and tracker, um, which will um, just kind of allow you to determine where the, uh, the, the time egg is at all times, which is your fun spaceship, or your spaceship, your time travel ship. Um, but then you're allowed to pick one other one that you would, you would bring with you. Cool. Fun or profit. Tom, this isn't on the list, but can I just have a lot of rope? Like just sure. all yeah, like absolutely. just just like a big X of just a shitload of I wrote just a shitload of rope was all I wrote down. Love it. Sheet. Yeah. Cool. It, it can be it can be anything as long as it isn't uh uh powerful. Like it can't be like, ah oh, yeah, I brought my personal teleporter. It's like no my hover car. <laughs> yeah, like I, I brought five DeLoreans just strapped across my chest. I, wrote a I was gonna bring six, but I mean the import tax. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm gonna bring a gun to ancient Egypt. <laughs> Fire to the air once, boom, I'm your god now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just go full evil dead three. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not gonna stop you. That's not my job. Um Cool. So um, the final the final piece of this uh, isn't off a list yet. It, it may eventually be. Um, but um, the fun thing I want to hash out just quickly, and you can just kind of jot down first thing that comes to your mind. You can base it on your motivation, your occupation, whatever you like. Um, but essentially, I've, I've created some fields here just to, to help us figure out a little bit more about our characters. Now, all of you are, are seasoned uh, improvisers and role players at this point. Um, so you may just be able to pop, sort of pop this stuff up. But one of the reasons I like uh, writing this stuff in advance is it means that if you're trying to figure out if your character would do something, you can lean back on these heroic traits, these flaws, uh, their dreams and their fears. Uh, because obviously you might know, okay, well, I got to get through this room or I'm going to die. But if you're really scared, of, if your character is really scared of spiders and it's a room full of spiders, they might just ignore that. Um, and that's, that's fun. So pick one heroic trait. Um, in real life terms, this would probably be the thing that like you're proudest of on a personality test where you're like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I guess, I, yes, I am a good listener. Um, pick a flaw. Um, I would say uh, easy way to do it is to just sort of stick with, with sort of broad um, 
standard kind of broad flaws we talk about, um, vanity, greedy, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're going to pick a dream that your character has. This is something that, uh, aside from your motivation, just like in their life as it was advancing, they had something they always wanted to do, um, and a fear. Um, these are usually best suited, uh, or my best advice for this is to also think about the world we're living in, um, the future state we've set up, um, and try, if you can, uh, to link those into that state, just because it'll give you more to push against. Uh, for instance, uh, in one of the playtests, we had someone who is a, uh, a small town sanitation worker, and her fear was the first AI sanitation bot had just shown up in uh, her town of Thunder Bay, and she was very concerned that robots were going to replace her at her job. Um, so just sort of, uh, it doesn't have to be that related to, to sci-fi and tech. Um, but yeah, just consider the, the, the world your character inhabits. You already know a little bit about them based on, on kind of what they've got. Um, and, uh, and build it from there. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into a world of darkness and vampires with Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast featuring Ryan LaPlante as the gangster Ridley Beef, Tyler Hewitt as the conflicted detective Everett Fry, and Megan Miles as the poet Iris Dunn with storyteller Tom McGee. Join these newly turned vampires as they try to take control of Montreal, but all is not as it seems. And as their humanity slowly slips away, they are forced into increasingly dangerous situations as the streets of the city run red with blood and sticky with syrup. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. New episodes available weekly. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, cool. Yeah, I see why you sent a Word document because I was just following through the PDF and like in my head, I'm like, yeah, okay, I should have brought... Ah, okay. Well, I'm going back and uh, figuring everything out right now. Just a second. Sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No no worries. And then, Tom, there are bonds at the bottom of the, the We're going to deal with well? that next. Yep. Sick. Just don't want to overload you with like, here's the eight things I need you to do. Uh, I'm going to explain them while you're thinking about the first one and then never talk about them again. No, no, no. Fair enough. I'm also realizing just like everything I put in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm just playing not Pete again. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Yo, we're, we're not going to stop you, dude. Uh, I'll spend any amount of time with, with old not Pete. It'll be a different voice and a different person, but I, I feel like like the motivations are coming through. It's Actually, me. I think not Definitely Pete might be Pete. a nicer person. Oh, wow. All right. Well, yeah, because now Pete's got to do longer adventures. The shorter the episode, the <laughs> shittier your character can exactly, be. Exactly, yeah. But it's also, I'm like, personally, I'm really going to have to think about this. I'm like, why is this what I go to all the time? <laughs> like, oh. I'm taking that to my therapist. Uh, excellent. All right. So yeah. uh, if you could all just let me know uh, when you've got your stuff, that'd be great. Good to go. Um, yep, I'm, I'm set. I'm going to be last as always. No, 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 you're not. I'm going to be last. It's not a competition, you two. You're both last. <laughs> Race to the bottom. <laughs> the worst day of your life so far. <laughs> um, all right. Excellent. So the last thing we have are bonds. Um, now, I've written some just as a guide, uh, but this is to avoid the classic improv dilemma of a bunch of strangers sitting at a bus stop arbitrarily talking to each other. Um, so, um, my goal with this is that you have a bond with at least one other member of, uh, of the team. So before we get to bonds, let's talk about who we are. So we know who our character might have a relationship with. Um, so what I'd like is, um, who you are, 
Um, we already know your motivation, so that's fine. Um, your occupation, your hobby, and uh, what you look like, which usually I recommend for, for ease of, of speed and everything else. Uh, if you can think of like a Hollywood actor or a character um, that you know that kind of looks like the person you're thinking of, that's a really easy way for us to all just immediately get on the same page. Uh, about who they are. So, Ryan, you're usually uh, pretty pretty quick off the start line with these. Uh, why don't you go first? Cool. Uh, I will be playing Bort Sampson, uh, retired laser ball player. Uh, he's aged out of laser ball. He's now 22. Uh, he has <laughs> he has robot legs. Uh, I gave him leg pistons. So if he's not wearing pants, his he's just got it's like giant pistons, but they almost don't have a knee. Like he just bounces up and down if he's jumping. Like it's it's very strange. So it's a lot of like stiff leg, but really fast kind of bird walking. Um, he also has an observation micro drone so that he can make sure to get all of his cool day to day antics uploaded to whatever the future version of like youtube or instagram is i have anybody want to throw out a fake future inspiration influencer platform name instabook instabook all right he's on instabook Shit, uh, i don't know that's, i don't think he has so a lot bad. of fans that's on instabook because he just retired but right? he's he's still there but he's handsome enough that he could be like successful on tiktok now uh, his personal That's actually is- the name. It's called TikTok now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That actually, also yeah. true. Yeah, that just means it's the uh, the streaming platform version of TikTok. That you have to pay extra for. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he, he's bringing rope, just a shitload of rope, because that seems really uh, useful to him. He thinks rope is useful under any circumstance. Because he read, well, no, he watched some TV where he saw characters who had rope, and it paid off. Uh, his best trait is unshakable confidence. Uh, his flaw is vanity. Uh, his dream is being so famous, people name something after him, and his fear is reading. <laughs> Great, awesome. And uh, who would who would play uh, Bort on uh, TV or? Anybody? I'm going to say uh, a a young Matthew McConaughey, like ten things. Is it what is, is it? All right, ten all right, things all right. I hate about you or whatever that was no. one of his real. No, uh, how Days to lose a guy in ten days. There we go. I knew it had the number ten on the cover. That McConaughey. Pre-McConaissance. Gotcha. Uh, awesome. Uh, all right. Um, who is who, who else is ready? I can go. Bonesaw's ready. Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, bud. Uh, my name is Johnny Hallelujah. My, <laughs> I'm a washed up rock star. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, I wear... Uh, uh, Cowboy boots, leather pants, a leather vest, and nothing else. Uh, I have a distended gut. Uh, I'm about 52 years old. Uh, I've got like long blonde hair, but it's all receding in the front. So it's like if Fraser Crane grew his hair out, like really, really long and blonde. So like a uh, Hulk Hogan? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of like a Hulk Hogan, but not that physique whatsoever. Like super skinny everywhere and just the, just the, the spare tire gut. Just like the bad like diet stomach where so like it's like Philip Seymour <laughs> Hogan like like a like a beer gut yeah yeah like a beer gut yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, he's got like a, a warped and stretched uh tattoo of a cobra on his on his navel cause, cause it's, <laughs> <laughs> and you can see it because he just wears the the leather vest open um uh, and he's he's his motivation is the revolutionary so he's going to change something about history during the French Revolution um his occupation is con artist because he is a, a washed up rock star. Um, 
nobody listens to his music anymore. The the royalty checks kind of stopped coming in a while ago. So just kind of like now he just tries to basically just like grift his way through life. Um, his hobby is uh, he's a gambler, uh, kind of leading into uh, just doing what it takes to kind of get by sort of thing. Um, he's bringing with him an auto lock pick, a digital mask. Those are in his enhancements. And his personal item is an auto translator because he's going back with like a plan, basically, or not a plan, but like a drive, knowing what he needs to succeed. Um, his best trait is that he does not give up. Uh, his flaw is he's extremely self-serving. Uh, his dream uh, is to live the sweet life once again. Um, and his fear is getting sick or diseases. That's that's Johnny Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, I forgot to say about Bort. Yeah, his uh, his occupation is athlete, obviously. Uh, and his hobby is Casanova. Uh, he's mm. just, he's a romance machine with like celebrities. But I feel like it's because he's good looking, not because he's charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that from a uh, washed-up athlete. I was yeah, like, I was gonna say uh, Logan Paul would also be a good physical <laughs> comparison for Port. <laughs> ah. uh, great, Cat uh, or Laura? Um, I'll go. Let's see if I did this correctly. Okay, so my name is Flicka Stanger. Um, <laughs> my motivation is to become the head of Mars's media empire. Ooh. My occupation is advertiser, so my skill is persuasion. My hobby is I'm a minor influencer, but it's mostly behind the scenes, you know. Uh, my enhancements are a conversational analyzer and an observation micro drone. Mm -hmm. And so originally for my personal item, I put auto translator because that would make sense for someone like me. But because Tyler, what was your character's name again? Johnny Hallelujah. Because Johnny Hallelujah already has an um, like an auto translator. I think a, maybe a more interesting thing for my character would be food of choice. Because especially if you're going back in time and you're bringing new gastronomical creations that they would never have the chance to taste, that would be very interesting as far as influence is concerned. Mm, I like that. Yeah, that's great. And I, yes, I think... Becoming worshipped as a god as a way to get a media empire in the future is very fucking funny. <laughs> right? I love that. Yeah. Like, come on! I was um, a god. Hey, hey. Okay, so my best trait is, like, I'm charmingly intelligent, but my flaw is wrath. Mm. <laughs> so, I love that. You know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, my dream... Uh, become the oligarchical head of Mars's media empire. My fear <laughs> is I will be replaced and forgotten. Very nice. Uh, um, so now what do I do for Bonds? Uh, so we'll get to Bonds in one sec. We just need to figure Great. out who Laura is. Um, who would uh, who would play uh, Flicka in a movie? I mean, just I think because I'm watching WandaVision, like Catherine Hahn. Oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. Hundopi. Yes. Yes. Please, please, world, if you can grant any dream, just more Catherine Hahn content, please, forever. Uh, all right, uh, Laura. Okay, I don't have a name yet, so I'm going to uh, explain who my character sure. is, and all then I, I, will, I will take suggestions from the audience. Mm. Um, so I am an athlete, uh, specifically a parkour champion, <gasps> um, because with a vertical city... Uh, parkour has become like the most extreme sport. Uh, it's like super competitive. Um, uh, except that I got caught with nano enhanced muscle, um, which is also one of my 
it's one of my enhancements um which is basically like the parkour like level of like juicing um so i basically lost all my sponsorships and went into debt so i and i'm trying to make like money back i got into gambling so now i'm like also in debt um from that just more so um so i've got the nano enhanced muscle i've also got mag gloves um because i'm like also trying to like get back into it by like making cooler videos and i'm just basically desperate so trying to like make my mark um my personal item is a basic disguise because my best friend is like a musical theater nerd and like re is really into um les mis because she's been doing like involved in a production so i basically like taken uh one of the uh, revolutionaries like costumes <laughs> was like that'll help me um so i think that's What's the flag is that the costume stuff. that comes with the flag that they wave <laughs> that would kind of be great if it did i hadn't thought about that but yeah mm -hmm. it's basically like it's just like enjolras costume yeah okay i can mm -hmm. have the flag um sure well so you have a telescoping flag uh yeah. you can extend at a moment's notice uh the flag itself is a little too small because it has to get packed inside so it's like those yeah. telescoping lightsabers that are always like disappointingly <laughs> small and kind of stubby but you have it damn it love it um my best trait is confidence um and that like i don't actually like i don't really get afraid i'm just like pretty sure everything will work out um on the flip side, my flaws that I can convince myself that I'm an expert in anything, uh, often mm. to my detriment. Um, my dream is to become a venture capitalist because I just think that they seem to like make money, even though I'm not really sure what they do or how they got there. They um, and then my fear is that no one will remember me. Okay, great. So um, just as a, a quick rundown before we get to bonds. Oh, sorry, we should do name, name for you. Oh. Um, oh, also, I basically look like Ruby Rose and dress like her. Okay, Ooh, awesome. Nice. Uh, Mary Bond or Lana Armstrong? I was also thinking an Armstrong joke. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll take it. I'll take Lana, Lana Armstrong. Armstrong. Great. There you go. All right. I was going to say, go. Tom, we got, to, we got a lot name? of options. Can it like, like, like Laura Armstrong? <laughs> it's all one word. Laura yeah. Armstrong as one word. Is Laura Armstrong? Because it's Armstrong. both a name and a brand. Yeah. Laura Armstrong. Laura Armstrong. See, Tom, I'm just I'm gonna throw this out there because this ways. is where my brain's at. Armstrong. And feel free to refuse because you do have a good bond system. But we have four faded celebrities, minor influencers, kind of losers, all trying to be important. The yep. other option is we've also got two observation micro drones to film this. We could just be filming like the pilot episode of Celebrity Time Rehab, <laughs> trying to make a show as the cast where we're like, we yep. have to be famous out of this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, I would okay. love to be the producer of that. Yep. Okay. I love that. So, yeah, we'll say that. Um, I like it. This is, yeah, so that's very funny. Uh, love it. So then, um, <laughs> Flicka, this is your big play for the, the Mars Empire. Um, yeah. I think what that means, so I'm, I'm just, again, these are all just suggestions. You can absolutely feel free to to modify these or not use them. In terms of your existing motivations then, um, Kat, I think for you, uh, becoming worshipped as a god, A, will solve your I don't want to be forgotten piece, but B, absolutely. I think might actually just be a marketing opportunity to say like, look, if I can get myself into the pantheon of Egyptian gods, surely I can run this, this <laughs> like, show. 
in the future, you've already trademarked your name, so now you have to make it a really big name in the past so it has value for your empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So rather than like it being about like I, I need to be worshipped as a god for like personal reasons, I, I think it makes more sense to me if it's related it's to your... Per- no, this is a long game that I'm playing, of yeah. course. Great, yeah. love it. Um, okay, so, um, and Bort, you are, you want to fight in the gladiator arena. So that makes sense. This is, this is, uh, you know, you've aged out of laser ball, but you want to use those talents, um, in a way. Also, you're bad at parkour because you have robot legs. So you're, you're trying to, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So you're going to film that. Um, yeah, we've established that you need, you need robot legs for, for laser ball, but any enhancement is illegal in parkour. So we can't switch. Yeah, love it. Um, Johnny Hallelujah. Um, what? Um, who Johnny are you Hallelujah. trying? What are you trying to change in the French Revolution? We'd initially said save save an ancestor, but I'm also happy to tweak that if you've got something that would would, would fit a bit better. It has been a long, long known uh, fact in the Hallelujah clan that way way back during the French Revolution, our ancestor. Guillaume Hallelujah <laughs> was courting Marie Antoinette at the time of her execution. And the story goes that he was like on the inside track to kind of locking that down, you know, marrying into some real, some real good money, real good status, you know, just that revolution had gone the other way, you know? Um, <laughs> so I think his mission is to save Marie Antoinette. <laughs> Great. Not save her, but um, Allow prevent her, her from facing the consequences of yep. her and her her elk's uh, status. Great. Elk status. Okay, I love that. Uh, and also, that... just so you know, the French translation of hallelujah is just like hallelujah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, just, so it's, it's just anglicized. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's was just... the way your family hid itself? Like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, we are looking for hallelujah, but uh, you're not. Uh, you no, no, pass. no, I'm hallelujah. That's oh, right, yeah. That's a different person. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. I th- really thought we'd find more people we were looking for, but they've all escaped. Uh, That's where the hallelujah line came from, because it was Guillaume hallelujah uh, at that point. But then, you know, he was he was a man of status as well. Uh, and so he had to go into hiding as Guillaume hallelujah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ellis Island on a really boat. fucked that up for him. He got him. out of there. Uh, okay, amazing. Um, and then uh, uh, Lynn Armstrong, um, you're after the crown. Uh, I think maybe um, you've got uh, like a, a line on being able to, to sell this in the future to pay off your gambling debts, but also to give you the venture capital you'll need to start your... Start your, your thing. Um, and I think what we can probably safely say then is um, let's treat this kind of as like a almost like a weird like it, more. I think is it like a travel show? It's one of those like celebrity travel shows where it's like we don't really know what to do with these people anymore and we can get them on the cheap. So like we'll just send them to places. So um, the only way any of you could afford to go back in time was that um, uh, Flicka, you, you managed to broker a deal um for like a where are they now behind the music kind of deal we originally pitched the title as where in the world are those you don't remember but uh... <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> i'm happy to go with that uh where in the world are those you don't remember um oh that cuts real deep yeah uh but it still fits the uh the rock cappella um beat count so like it'll, it'll just like naturally slide in there yeah exactly uh, um amazing 
Um, so time travel tours wanting to raise their profile a bit. Um, there are many time travel corporations there, but one, um, uh, they've agreed uh, to, to do you one better and actually send you back in time, hoping that you'll just go on the tours and be pliant. But all of you realize that uh, you have much better opportunities if you fuck those tours. And is, this a, is this a gorilla show? Are we doing gorilla filming? Maybe. What do you guys think? Would you... I think it's I think kind of fun if you're not, if it's not, like, if it's like a jackass type setup. So maybe, yeah, I think that's Doesn't a good Doesn't it kind of have to be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they can't. don't know. They're just sending you on a tour. You've all paid for it. Um, which of you would And that's part of, like, the opening, like, what they don't know is we're actually here to change the world. And by world, we mean time. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, great. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so this is, you guys are, are doing this. This is a secret scam. Um, cool. the time travel, uh, the, uh, T3 corporation is unaware that this is what you're doing. Um, they are sending you back, uh, to the locations you requested, um, for a fun tour. So, um, that's great. I think that's an automatic bond between all of you. I would still like individual character bonds though, just because they'll often inform how you go about, uh, the adventure. Once we've established that, I'll give you a quick rundown on the mechanics of kind of what each of these tours looks like. So you have a rough great. sense of it. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll get to it. So again, I've written a few as examples. Um, that said, um, we've all got pretty strong characters who like logically might know each other. So open to suggestion. Um, but yeah, just pick one other character that you you think you'd have a bond with. Uh, I think Flicka would know Bort's cousin. I feel like he'd be that guy where it's like, yeah, you know, you know that person. All right. Like I feel like he'd he'd take that as gospel. Like other people would need a reputation, and he's like. Probably wasn't even told by his cousin. Flicka may have just said, like, I know your cousin, and he agreed. But and he I takes didn't that even as... say the cousin's name? No, no. <laughs> I think he would just, he'd be that guy who's like, oh, Sandra? And then you just yeah, name drop Sandra, Sandra occasionally. Yeah, and he's in. So he would consider you like a close personal friend because you know his cousin. And I'm just there, <laughs> and I'm just there to manipulate you. Great. I think, awesome. uh, I think Johnny owes uh, Larmstrong a debt. I think since we're both gamblers, one time you got the upper hand and I I couldn't pay up and Ooh. and you haven't forgotten about it and I haven't forgotten about it. But that's I think that's uh something yeah, hanging over. Because I me. need you to pay me so I can pay my other Exactly. So you can <laughs> pay your perfect. bookie. Yeah, no, totally, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um Um maybe me and Johnny Hallelujah share a secret. Um, I'm not sure what that secret could be, though. It could be something to do with, like, I know I know about, like, your family history or something and what your motivation is. Maybe I found that out and, like, I pitched the show to you knowing you would want to go back and change that. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe? That or we both uh, synthetically color our hair. We just both go to the same salon. Like, no one else can know <laughs> that we've got those grays. <laughs> Okay, so Tyler, are you saying that because I used overtone on my hair today to cover my grays? Because if so, you did too. Deep wounds. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I think that's even that's even funnier because like to us, it's both like a deep dark secret. Like we just like yeah, I yeah. I go to the regeneration chamber. No one, <laughs> yeah. no one know. And, and I think we can layer. I really like the TV idea, and maybe we can layer that on top. Um, I wonder if it's if it's something like. Um, 
Kat, your your pitch was a this this show will will kind of put you on the map, but like the flagship for Mars is like a weird like Ozzy Osbourne show where it's like King Hallelujah. So it's like he can be like a Kardashian meets a rock star if right. you can change time. Especially because Mars is still a relatively new colony. Like it's a pretty open market. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I'll say Bort will think of both Len Armstrong and Johnny that he knows them by reputation and is psyched to work with them. Like, I think he's just, <laughs> I was, he's really into this team. I was thinking that would also be one thing for like Len, Len Armstrong to Bort as well. Right. It's oh, like, cause, cause you're like respect. famous in like, yeah. in like a totally different area. And you're both athletes. You're both yeah. sports persons. Yeah. And we both have robot parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you both flunked out of your sport for cheating. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot of really good party bonds. Um, I love that the party's enthusiastic about each other. That's always really, really nice. Um, okay, great. So um, essentially the way uh, the way the game runs, um, we are going to go back to each of these locations. And essentially, um, based on the nature of our motivations, um, uh, we're using a mechanic um, called character spotlight. So whoever's tour it is will be the spotlight character for that adventure. So you may not necessarily, like A, don't worry about splitting the party and all that sort of stuff. That's totally fine. Um, but B, uh, if we're going, so for instance, like ancient Egypt is Kat's spotlight tour because it's where um, Flicka is going to attempt to achieve her motivation. So we'll kind of be passing the spotlight around based on where we're going. So don't worry if you kind of like, aren't fully involved in every single sequence because uh, you absolutely will have one that's that's more focused on you. Um, but it's also just a helpful way for us to frame our thinking about what our characters might do uh, because to keep the game a little tighter, the goal isn't like, oh, cool, I'm just going to go explore ancient Egypt. It's like, how can we help Flicka do her thing here? Um, so on that note, uh, the way the tours work is this. Uh, each tour location, um, there is a spotlight character who has a desire. So that is the thing we're trying to accomplish in that location. If there's two of you, you both have spotlight and you both have um, the, the driving desire. Uh, there will also be um, uh, major obstacles. Um, the most obvious of which is uh, the tour guide who is waiting for you in each time period. So tour guides have been set up in all the time periods that you're, you're set to visit, and it's their job to safely take you through that time and make sure you don't fuck anything up. So that's an immediate obstacle, but there might also be other ones. In the case of the revolution, there's a revolution going on, and you need to save Marie Antoinette. That's a, both a desire and an obstacle. But ultimately, it's kind of, like you can think of these almost as mini heists. So here's where we're going. Here's the person who's going to do the main thing. How can the rest of us help? So how can we help remove the obstacle? How can we help them achieve their motivation? Whatever it ends up being, um, you can think of it in those two phases. So how do we achieve the motivation? How do we overcome the obstacle? And that'll be the main action of each of these tours. Um, after that, um, so knowing uh, kind of what those are, uh, you'll execute your plan. And then we'll see what the aftermath is. Now, the good news about the way time travel tours is set up is uh, you have privacy when you're traveling between uh, eras. So you'll have time to scheme about kind of what you want to do when you get there. Um, I'm also going to go ahead and say, uh, no, we'll, we'll leave it at that for now. Um, you can obviously talk when you're there as well, but there will be a watchful tour guide uh, keeping an eye on you. Uh, the one final piece I want to give you before we get started uh, is a mechanic I forgot to mention earlier uh, called Devil's Bargains. So a lot of you will be familiar with these from, uh, I use them in d and I stole them from Blades in the Dark. 
This is a derivative of the same system that created Blades in the Dark, so yeah, there you go. Um, but basically, Devil's Bargain is a way to get uh, additional, uh, an extra dice, uh, an extra light dice on any of your, your rolls. Any of us can offer a player a Devil's Bargain, and the deal with the Devil's Bargain is it gives you one additional light die for your roll, however, it comes at a cost of some sort. Um, now, that cost happens regardless of whether or not that dice works out for you. You can still fail the check. Either way, you need to pay the price. Using our earlier example, um, I can if I'm trying to swing my sword at someone, someone could be like, okay, well, here's the Devil's Bargain. Um, your odds of hitting are better, but the sword will break. And I'll be like, oh, I really need to make this happen. So sure, I'll take I'll take that devil's bargain. And then hope you can find a weapon further on or... Exactly like... right. Or if I miss and it breaks, suddenly I'm really at a disadvantage. Uh, okay. It could be something like, um, uh, it's sort of the barbarian thing from D&D, going like, um, I really, like, I want to win this fight. So I'm going to abandon all personal safety and just go on the offensive. It's like, cool, so you get extra dice, but you're opening yourself up to, to injury and, and damage. Um, so uh, those are available. Anyone can offer them at any time. Um, anytime anyone's rolling a dice, feel free to chime in with them. You can also offer yourself one. Um, totally fine. It just, again, adds, adds narrative flavor. So please, again, the, there is, I will be kind of running the game, quote, quote, but it's a story we're all telling together. Okay, so, so uh, just, to, just to be clear, <clears throat> uh, narratively speaking, like it wouldn't be me flicka saying to say no. uh, Bort, here's your devil's bargain. It'd be me stepping back saying like, wouldn't this be interesting? And then Absolutely. Bort taking or leaving it. Yeah, yeah. It's gotcha. you, you as player and storyteller at the table. I'm um, offering an interesting thing. And then the other thing with Devil's Bargains is you can absolutely just say no. There's no equity to them. You don't have to take it. <laughs> cool. um, and as a result, if you're like, so for instance, in the test I ran yesterday, um, someone was like, I was like, hey, I mean, I'll give you a Devil's Bargain. You can help delay this person who who's trying to find the, the spotlight character, but it means that you won't get to be famous today and you love being famous the most. And she was like, honestly, that person with the spotlight is my best friend. So I I would sacrifice being famous today to help them. So I'm not going to take the devil's bargain. I was like, great. That's a really good reason not to take it. Cool. Um, so again, there's no, you don't, even if it's like, oh, that's a really fun narrative option. If it doesn't fit for your character, you absolutely don't have to take it. So just keep that, keep that in mind as we go. Um, and again, the goal of picking up dice is it should be uh, an interesting or dramatic moment. If you're trying to open a door and there's no lock or anything, you just open the door. I don't care. If it's like <laughs> I'm trying to break into a vault, we're going to roll some dice. Um, so uh, does anyone have any final questions uh, before we kick off? Can I go to the bathroom? Yes, I was going to say, we're, we're absolutely <laughs> going to take a, take a break and then we will come back to start. Our Echoes of Chaos Adventure features the game's creator and our regular GM, Tom McGee, along with players Ryan LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, Laura Elizabeth, and Ken Letwin. You can support the game now on Kickstarter or buy it in the future so you can protect your own past with fun. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and One Shot's logo was created by Decapitated Markers. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J. A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks for listening. Smash that subscribe button and show your love to One Shots. DJ One Shots out of here. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.